Another episode. It's Monday, my favorite day of the week. We're going to be going through the first half of the week, at least for earnings trades. Now, remember, once again, for everyone just joining us for the first time today, we have an artificial intelligence model that goes out and reads all the world's news, compiles all the data and information from that exercise into one comprehensive model. And we do a few things with that comprehensive model of understanding what's going on around the world. We compile it all for our coverage list of about 1,100 companies. We predict stock prices through a few different models, and we also predict how the earnings for a company is going to do uh, since last quarter, right? So now that they're reporting EPS now for last quarter, we have predictions on that. And what we tend to do is make that prediction and then trade before the signal uh, or before the release comes, right? So Tyler, that's that's this morning. Let's get to it. That's the idea. And, and trading before the signal comes is is... The, the thing I want to start off with here, um, I'm going to raise my hand. I apologize. We had a, a short call on ON, uh, the semiconductor, and that looks like it's down 6% here this morning. Um, that will do you absolutely no good if I told you I have a bearish call after the fact. So, you know, sorry about that. Just kind of wanted to point out, um, you know, I like to track our, our, our earnings factor. So I'll bring you over here early. You know, I notice uh, we we do sometimes miss Monday because we're because we're not throwing out earnings on Friday. Yes, what we're going to do uh, eventually is we'll start doing next Mondays to the point that they're relevant. I checked for next Mondays, and it's not really names that that we or our viewers care about, so I kind of left that one. But oh, someday they're going to let us share two screens, and it's going to be a glorious day. So, uh, and a quick recap. Last week, we saw some great success with our models. Um, we we had, I think, the track record that we showed on Friday. If you looked at our results video when Tyler was coaching me on options trading, uh, we had um, about 70% accuracy on this in terms of misses or hits. So coming in this week, let's take a look at ON. So this is, you know, again, this is, this is entirely useless in terms of, of a trade now, but I just kind of want, again, show as an example this is these are the trades we want to look for look at the divergence between price and earnings power earnings power stays unbelievably negative price runs away to the upside and here we are down six percent on the snapback as price reverts to earnings power so you know uh, i i wish we would have been able to trade that one but i just want to show as an, another example of of this divergence and and how i'm thinking about it there's another one this morning, uh, you know, working pretty well. All right. So what do we have going for the week then? Okay, so uh, we'll just start with Monday, the ones that haven't reported now. You know, thanks, guys. Um, my, my favorite one here, I, I want to point out. And, and again, if, if you've watched this, this show, um, you, 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 you come for the picks, you stay for the semiconductor slander. Um, <laughs> it's, it's again, it's lattice semiconductors. Uh, we have them, them missing pretty significantly after the market today. Uh, another bearish divergence in full eco. Uh, we like the, the 60 weekly puts at, uh, looks like $2 and 60 cents here. Um, we don't, we don't think, you know, there'll be any, any problems covering that spread. It's kind of a similar story to ON. Um, and you know, we're still decently bearish to sector, especially now that it's, it's 
balance to, to higher prices. Um, Travis, do you want to talk to the the EPS uh, forecast on that? Because we have a pretty decent miss. Yeah. So, uh, and, and real quick, actually, I, I want to point out, I mean, we're looking pretty bearish uh, overall in the, in, in the next two days, right? But last week, our calls were more productive than our puts. So how, how are we coming in? And, and I agree with the call here. How is this? The, what does it say about this week for the upcoming market that we're going to be so bearish on these earnings calls? Does that mean the market's going to be taking a bath here and losing some of the gains that it had in July? Hopefully nothing good. I mean, that's that's what our data is showing is uh, we're, we're sellers on this bounce. That's that's for sure. Off to a good start with OM. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. There was there was some Fed action this weekend. Uh, Kashkari came out while the market was closed, which I thought was interesting and said, basically, everyone's thinking about the Fed pausing on rates all wrong. They're nowhere close to being done. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that, because currently we're only pricing, I think, another 100 bips of hikes. And I think he was trotted out there to, to push back against that. So we'll, we'll see what happens this week. But yes, we're, we're bearish in general. Our, our picks for this week are also bearish in general. Um, but yes, I mean, th there are situations where if the, if the market, if the indices in general are bid, the effectiveness of your put trades is going to be muted. Yes, that is, that is certainly a risk. So uh, the other thing I'll note, and, and you, you, we were just, just before, you were asking for a model explanation on what was the ticker? LSCC. LSCC. Let me pull that up. So what I've got here on my screen uh, is a little bit more detail, uh, and, and we can go deeper on a few things. Specifically, we are producing a point-in-time prediction on what the earnings per share are, but we're also producing uh, quantiles. And so we have a, a field of percentage likelihoods on, on all of this. So our uh, EPS prediction is seven cents, and this is going to be 23 cents below the street, right? On average, we have an error of 18 cents on this stock. So one, one the first thing that I look for when I, when I look at these predictions coming out of the models, if you're just a numbers person, is, is the absolute value of this smaller than the absolute value of this? In other words, are we wrong less than our prediction is different from the street? If not, then you really have to ask, are we actually in a subtle way agreeing with the street's prediction for this? But we also have our quantiles. So we come out here and seven cents, what does it take? What quantile would we have to be in order to be in line with the street? Now, this is a little bit, uh, not a little bit, this is quite significantly above where our EPS prediction are. So our quantile model is coming in and actually disagreeing a little bit uh, and placing the EPS above. So what this is uh, translated to, now remember, column H is going to be our most accurate prediction, right? But when you have these quantiles, it can sometimes be a little bit of a double check. Uh, in order to exceed the street, we're going to have to go 23 above 7, which is 30 cents, which is right uh, sitting around the M through O columns. So 50 to 70th percentile. Uh, what this means is uh, unless we have, for me, this gives me a little bit less confidence that the model is going to be nailed on. Perhaps this might result in a higher than expected EPS uh, result with a stock price that dives down. That's exactly what we're seeing with ON. So that's the kind of pattern that we've been seeing for the past two weeks. When your quantiles and your uh, stolid prediction are disagreeing with each other, 
then you've got to come in and say, what is the narrative that's going to drive this home? Well, it could be that they're going to release down guidance. So their earnings are actually okay, but the guidance is pretty rough, something like that. And that's exactly what we're seeing with ON. So do you want to take, there's an interesting question here on, uh, on a company that reports today, EHC. So I brought it up here. Good morning, Eduardo. Um, yeah, that looks like classic earnings divergence. I mean, it, it can't get much any, uh, much better than that. I just checked the earnings sheet. We have a, we have a beat there. Um, so that looks like, and, and they EHC reports after close. So yes, I mean, I, I think this is, this is certainly one that fits, that fits. The only thing I don't like is the lack of, of any slope. Is it just ripped higher and then went sideways? So generally what we like to see is the direction going the opposite way in addition to the big spread. So that would be the only critique I'd have of that in terms of, is it a perfect divergence? No, it's pretty close. I mean, price has absolutely not picked up any any measure of this in, increase in, in potential earning strength. So, um, yes, I, I think this one's you know very interesting. This will certainly be one to watch because you know the, the thesis would suggest that that we we should see higher prices on on earnings here, both based on our earnings model and Folico. Thank you for that question. Can you bring in the core four competition management reputation? Yeah. Okay. All right. Solid. Solid. Uh, all right. The reason why I'm asking for, for those four is that um, if, if you looked at Twitter, for example, Twitter had two at net minus one and two at plus one. And what we saw there was a huge amount of inner turmoil for the company, which means that you don't want to trade it. It's, it's, it's going to be unpredictable. When you hit the ones, sometimes it can be a marker of some really great momentum for the company. Sometimes it can be a marker of a bottoming or a topping, right? So now what I've got to ask, uh, I, I get nervous around the ones. However, if we pull in other data uh, on the model prediction and Compass Health EHC, model prediction across the board uh, is very, very positive on this. Uh, so we, we've got some other voices coming in and saying that this is going to be a good thing for them. Um, I like the trade. Eduardo, good eye. So positive one, huh? Yeah. And so here we can see it. Uh, look at the quantiles. The quantiles are really healthy. Uh, we have our core prediction at 112. Uh, in order to uh, miss on this, you'd be, have to be in the 20 or 30% likelihood. So it, I, I think there's a lot of steam here to power Encompass Health Corp up. Uh, Tyler, do you know what they do? I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I know what they do. I, I know that's not a, a name <laughs> I cover or have traded, or it's not in any of the ETFs I know, or at least it's not one of the, the top 10 holdings. So um, that's another reason I, I generally try to look at names that if I'm going to, to use options to mark how well we did, they have to trade some options, uh, you know, on the name. If it's just like 10 contracts in OI, then you know, I, I feel like it's an imperfect, but yes, I mean, for a, for a trade, yeah, that's, this is the kind of thing we're looking for. Exactly. So inpatient healthcare, uh, like rehabilitation and stuff like that. And this is just the summary from, from Robin Hood, but look at this. 
They're at similar prices back to 2018. Oops. You'd, you'd have to go back to 2018. I mean, they, they've been waving around kind of a flat line just going sideways since then. Is, there, is, is this something that could get them through a breakout moment? I mean, in 2020, end of 2020, we really saw a surge there. But they, they've been crashing since mid-21. Yeah, so that's that's certainly the kind of thing that starts to turn around is is they they start by saying, "Hey, check out these you know these these earnings." Um, that's certainly something that's possible. Last week we got a lot of really positive attention by looking at, at and and thinking how we would trade these. Uh, interesting to look at EHC before the market. We'll have to see how that boils out. And you said that release was uh, today, tomorrow. Looks like it's going to be after the close today. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what next, Tyler? So there's a there's a couple of things on. Let's go back here. A couple of things here for Tuesday. So again, just another another confirmation short on on semis. Both the the earnings model and Folico both say we're looking for a miss, a pretty decent one at that. Um, the the at the money. Uh, puts are the 69 strike. They're about the dollar 65 here. Um, that's what we'll use for for record keeping purposes to mark uh, our our track record on on this one. Um, there were a couple other bearish divergences that were potentially candidates. Uh, Ferrari being one of them, Starbucks being the other. But we're going to kind of leave those alone, especially given we have Ferrari beating, which makes sense. Um, Ferrari, the demand for Ferraris are less elastic than some other things um and starbucks starbucks is is almost so bad it's confusing if i can just bring you over here that didn't go i mean <laughs> How much worse can it get? Um, the thing is, it, it is starting to recycle off the lows. So that's that's my one problem is they're both earnings power and price are going to be headed in the same direction. They will be diverged, but it, I don't I don't think it's perfect. And again, we don't like positive ones and negative ones. There's a lot there's a lot more uncertainty all the way at the top and all the way at the bottom. I, I think uh, it would be fair to say. So we want to point this one out. This is, you know, we, we monitor things like this, as I, as I keep saying. But in terms of is it perfected for a trade across all of our models and, and everything we do here? No. So it won't be an official trade. But I thought I would bring this to your attention. Um, you know, not a, not a great outlook for, for Starbucks, according to us. I think I'm going to be throwing that into my portfolio. Just okay. for, I, I think that's worth trading. Look, look at that high on the earnings power mid-May, and then just look at the headwinds that they've faced since then. And all of that, all of that is happening during this quarter. Yes. And there's just been a lot going on there, right? They replaced the CEO. They, they're, they're, they're once again, not sure who they're going to be when they grow up. Hmm. Now, what do you think of, are, are we seeing any beyond, beyond just, um, in semis, are we seeing any sector-wide phenomena, Tyler? Tyler, do you want to talk about anything else but semis? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <right>. no. 
No, I actually, I, I have one. Um, and, and this is something we're going to be keeping an eye on. Unfortunately, nothing worth triggering a trade yet. But, and this is a good segue because this is one, this one reports on Tuesday. So this is Caesars. So this is Caesars, the casino stock. So that's improving. MGM, which reports later this week. Getting a little better. Aesthetic moves upward. That's interesting. Yep. Check out Wynn, who also reports this week. Hey, how are you? So I think in, in terms of if you want a, a thematic sector kind of uh, things I'm thinking about, I, I would say it's casinos. Uh, Penn reports this week as well. Let's see. I don't even I don't even know what this one looks like. We're getting a question from AI powered swing trader. Is looks, there a casino? The yes, but it's not that great. Is is going to be my my explanation. If if you're going to do this, I would rather trade just MGM Caesars win. Uh, there's a couple other ones here. I'd also be thoughtful of U.S. versus uh, Macau exposure because of what's going on in China right now. The the ones that have the more the the higher Macau exposure, maybe not so much, or or just less so. But I do definitely want to point out all of these uh, casino and gambling names are reporting this week, and uh, you know, pretty good. Not not back to not back to a a flat or a positive Z score in terms of earnings power yet, but but really starting to chop some wood. And if you look at the price forecasts, they're starting to flatten out. Hmm. Now, you know, less less so in Penn, but I think when I looked at these other uh, other casino stocks, see, getting getting a little more flat and getting a little less uber bearish. The all all of these tickers we're looking at right now have huge exposures to Macau, right? Like a lot of the news driving them lately has been China. Yes. And China companies with too much exposure to China are making me nervous right now because there's quite a lot of economic turmoil out there. And it's not just the lockdowns. A lot of people right. are saying lockdowns. Oh, but they're opening up. And that's the simple narrative there. But I think that it's much deeper than that. Look at their real estate market and everything in China and their economy is hinging on real estate market. And, and so you have these riots of people not wanting to buy things that aren't going to be built for several years. That's a pretty straightforward riot, if you ask me. Uh, and, and I think that's where attention and focus is going to be. So, I mean, if, if you want to bet against these stocks because of turmoil in China, I don't believe in that either because Macau is so important to their economy that they may prop it up artificially without you knowing. And, and in other words, you as an investor, your view of the market has very little to do with eventual performance. And off the top of my head, I believe it's Caesars. That's the purest U.S. play. I will, I will, okay. I will get back to you if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, and that, that'll be interesting because that, that's, a stabilizing into what we have as recessionary data would be interesting for, for casinos. Hmm. So we do have another question here. What about Starbucks competitors as a comparison to Starbucks? So is this something that we're seeing, uh, all across? Is there, do we have Dunkin' Donuts? Or I guess it's now Duncan. Okay, not on the list. 
Who else might we look at that would be a Starbucks competitor? Well, there's the competition score for Starbucks. There we go. Wow, look at that dive. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's that internal turmoil. The recent push for unionization has been a huge focus on them. And instead of selling more coffee, they're having to focus on how to reunite as a company. And the coffee's uh, just not that good. My Excel uh, has just blown up. Uh, I would need a restart to I get my models going. So I can't look at anything there. All right. So Tyler, um, let's look to start closing this out. Uh, what are the last tickers for, for Tuesday? Are, to, That's to be looking at? In, in terms of, in terms of just uh, trades that we're going to take for record keeping purposes, it's just that, uh, that micro trip, um, that micro trip short, I'll go back to the sheet and share. It's really just that one. Um, Caesars, I noted, casino stocks are improving. Um, there's a minor bearish divergence in, in Sarepta, which is this biotech stock. Not really much to do there. Um, and as you can see, the, the picture is generally not very rosy. Um, we have a small miss in, in electronic arts, which is one of my favorite names to trade. Um, we have something of a miss in PayPal. Given how depressed that stock is, we, we kind of want to leave it alone. Um, but aside from that, that's that's kind of really all we have going for, for Monday or Tuesday. Um, it looks like Travis cut out here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye now. Um, we will be back at you tomorrow to do Wednesday through third uh, Wednesday through Fridays um, earnings forecasts. Thanks for tuning in. See you later.